passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. It's John Pollock alongside Wei Ting. How are you tonight, Wei? Doing all right. Yourself? I'm here. Well, that's good. That's better than you not being here. Yeah, that would be awkward. Yeah. Uh, you're at the cottage, your last, uh, the end of cottage season. It was, yes. I thought this was, uh, it was kind of bittersweet. I was, I had a great time this weekend, uh, going away to a cottage with my family, but also thinking, when is the next weekend that's not going to be insane? And it seems they're going to be very few and far between. So I, I had a great time uh, disconnecting this past weekend and all of you fine folks uh, keeping the fort down, including yourself, Way. So thank you. Uh, well, not a problem. Not a problem at all. But uh, up on the the website right now, of course, Davey Portman and Jason Solomon from Solomonster Sounds Off, they reviewed last night's Evolve 134 show, which you can hear on the Up Next feed uh, they put in a lot of hard work. Trust me. Uh, I know. I saw Davey try to get yeah, on I, from, from what I understand, uh, at my cottage, which has no internet or phone access, I might have had a better chance ordering that pay-per-view than you guys did. It was um, it was a bit of a process. But anyway, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, pleasure to have uh, Jason Solomon on our podcast network as well. Uh, as well, two editions of Cruel Summer. We're winding down. This is the last weekend of Cruel Summer coming up. The Cruel Summer is coming to an end. Uh, we, we have timed it out brilliantly. Uh, that's going to be wrapping up this weekend. Uh, before we look forward, I do want to go back and just, you know, we have uh, weekly, we have some great shows on the site. But I really want to put a spotlight on Friday's show that Jamesy did with Alan Cunahan from PW Torch. Alan 4L, as he is more widely known. Uh, this this show was so awesome. I... I love this show. I learned so much listening to these two. I could have listened to these guys go several more hours just talking about the top 50 matches in the history of the UK. Uh, just so much um, in-depth research that, that both uh, did. Alan for the article, but Jamesy as well from just his firsthand experiences going to so many shows. Uh, this, I would say, is a must-listen-to show. One, one of my favorite podcasts I've heard this year. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, again, a, a pleasure to have such knowledgeable voices on, on our network as well. Um, it's, uh, of course, a supplement to Alan's article in the last edition of Fighting Spirit magazine where he uh, lists the best matches in UK history. What a daunting task, but it sounds oh. like Alan uh, 
more than did his uh, fair bit of, of, of thought and, and also research into making a very concise list. Yeah, I said last week, if you're, if you're going to be putting together a list, Alan would be the person to task that kind of a challenge with. And if you haven't listened to the show yet, trust me, when you listen to the show, you will get the, the story of all stories involving Alan and Kenta Kobashi. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic story. So go check that out, British Wrestling Experience. It is a bi-weekly show here at postwrestling.com. Uh, not so bi-weekly anymore because those guys will be back on <laughs> Sunday. That's that's very true. They are uh, going to be back uh, this week. Uh, Martin and Jamesy will be doing a show on Sunday recapping the New Japan Royal Quest show, and they are going to go right into the NXT UK TakeOver card from Cardiff, Wales on uh, it's going to be starting actually right in the middle of Royal Quest. So they're just going to watch those back to back and then have a show up Sunday for us. Plus, there's a big Rev Pro show on Saturday or sorry, on Friday with the, the Summer Sizzler show. So uh, this weekend in the UK is crazy. It's yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, of course, it also is the same weekend as All Out. So uh, we'll have every, everybody covered for everything. Yes, um, we will go through all of that. Um, how was your weekend? It was all right. Yeah, it was good. Um, you it's, know, starting to get, uh, it's starting to get a little cold here in the city. Do you notice that? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It certainly is the is the end of pool season, I would say. But um, I I've been spending it. I mean, I I wore jeans for the first time. I think like full pants. I wore oh. for the first time like this week. So um, I'm gonna miss wearing shorts. I I I enjoy shorts weather, but once it gets too cold, then it's uh. It's getting there already, and we're only at August, so I don't know what's in store. It might be, it might be a cool end of the summer. Yes, yes, but uh, oh. my, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying my weekend consisted mainly of uh, helping out my parents clean their house because we have a bit of extra manpower with my brother and my nephew here. And it turns out my nephew really loves cleaning, so we're putting him <laughs> wow, to work okay. uh, in my parents' house. Definitely needs a lot of tidying up. So that was the extent of my weekend. So I have to share one story with you. So we get to this cottage on Friday and on Saturday. First of all, um, so it's it's our it's my my wife's uh, parents' place, and we get there, and it's just us that are staying here. It's like the three of us, and they've got the original uh, Batman series there. So I was watching, this is the Batman series from the 60s. So I'm watching that throughout the weekend. I watched like a bunch of these episodes. They're very nostalgic for me because it was one of my favorite shows as a child. And I probably haven't watched this series at all since I was 11 years old. But anyway, I'm watching this throughout the weekend. And then late on Saturday night, I am in the kitchen and I hear this like sound in the corner and I go to my wife. I'm like, what is that? And I look up and there is this, this bucket that is on top of these shelves. And I'm thinking like, you know, sometimes when, when a moth flies into something and it just becomes very noisy. Have you ever had that happen to you? I don't know about that particular scenario, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's a cottage. So you expect like some insects to get in. And that's what I'm thinking it is. So I'm like leaning up to try and grab this bucket. And I turn it over, and and I see something. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just put this bucket on top of it. And my wife is like, what is it? What is it? What is it? She is very, like, 
does not deal well with like spiders, uh, anything like that. It is just, she cannot, she, she has to leave the room and I calmly tell her it's, it's not a spider. <laughs> there is a bat in this, in this fucking, uh, uh, pot that I have put over top of this and I'm just holding it down on the floor and I'm like, what am I do? I have to take this bucket off of it. And I'm like, is this thing going to like fly into my face? Is it going to just fly around the house? Because I'm not going to catch a goddamn bat. And in the midst of all this, I'm appreciating the irony that I've been watching Batman all weekend. And that ties us into why I started the story off like this. But I open up the bucket. I've got the door open. And I just nail this thing outside. It's, it's like a baby bat. And it may as well have been the Demogorgon. Because this thing was just... I was not ready to encounter a bat, but I got this thing out of the house, and I, I don't think my wife has ever been more impressed with something I have pulled off than getting this bat out of this cottage, and it was just a wow. uh, quite the quite the scene way. Well, good for you. The bat's okay. The bat was fine. It, he was oh, not good. injured, and in he or she was not injured in the process. But I had to I had to like flick it out onto the uh, outside of the cottage, and then it. You know, it, it went on. It, why would it want to be inside the cottage? It can now go off and just uh, fight crime in northern mm. Ontario. Yeah, I hear they're actually, it's actually really good luck in like feng shui, feng shui to, to find a bat, a, to have a bat like in your place. So, oh, okay. A bat? Uh, how about I'll get a wooden one? Um, is, that, is that good luck? Depends how you use it. Okay. Well, then. Um, I also want to say that uh, I, I don't know if this listener wants to be identified or not, but our listener who actually did the bagel challenge, as I'm dubbing it, yeah, was just the most amazing thing. Amazing. I, I'm in the car with my wife, and I stumble upon this video. Because, again, I haven't had internet all week, so we're on our way home Sunday, and I'm just going through messages, and I see this video, and... My wife is like, why are you laughing? And I go, I have to give her the whole explanation of the bagel and bagel story. And as I'm explaining this, I, I just have like one of these like laughing fits and I'm crying as I'm explaining the story, as I'm watching this video and just seeing someone actually, actually doing this, this joke that we came up with. I thought it was like the funniest thing. I laughed so hard watching this it and was explaining the joke as well. Yeah, it's one of those things, and I also realize now that it was one of our Patreon shows. It was our Doctor Doctor Strange review where we had we did this whole thing. So I don't this know is how- like a cult sh- in, in the history of our shows. Way I think this is going to be a cult classic. Our Doctor Strange review. I I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I'm certainly really proud of it. But we we got into places that I definitely didn't expect to get to in a comic book movie review. But uh, David, thank you so much for listening to that Dr. Strange review. He messaged me afterwards and said, apparently it hit a chord because he and his, uh, teacher of his had, have had this ongoing debate between bagel and bagel for years. So evidently it's not just, uh, did you know that like, there's like a whole sketch on community about it too? I didn't, but I got all the, la- the people that sent it in afterwards. I never watched that show, but, um, I think someone someone sent me a message, I guess, referencing it, and then the actual clip was uh, posted. Well, it's a thing, uh, and I I feel like I'm gonna, I might change, I might I might try. Are you team bagel? bagel? No, I might be ba- team bagel now. Oh, 
I thought you Why not? you, you kind of introduced a bagel. So I was I was thinking that you well, when he That's asked what I just said <laughs> Jesus. When he asked for the bagel, <laughs> can I get it in a bag? No, was, no, no, no. He asked for a bagel in a bag. <laughs> I was dead. I was dead at this point. It's a great video. Anyway. David Barrett. Yeah, thanks David. It was fantastic. Who we met right. uh, who we met at, at the OWE show. Oh, okay. I now I now know who you're talking about. I didn't yeah. realize. Well, that well that was something else. Um where where should we move on to next? Let's get to some of the top stories before okay. uh, maybe the rest of the schedule. Uh well, this happened over the weekend, but certainly uh ramifications for this weekend. John Moxley is out of all out. Uh he has a MRSA infection in his elbow. And he's hoping that he's going to be back within about a month or so in time for uh, TNT. But he's not going to be wrestling this Saturday. He's also not going to be wrestling Josh Barnett on the Bloodsport card. Uh, but John Moxley is off. Kenny Omega uh, will now be taking on Pac. And uh, they did a big promo from Kenny Omega on today's Being the Elite, which was pretty much not even mentioning Pac by name. It was a graphic, and that was it. They actually, in this whole Being the Elite, the word Pac was never even said. It was never said by Cody and the Bucks. It was just they inferred. Yeah. It was referenced, and then we just got the graphic. Uh, but then uh, Omega just did a reaction to uh, Kenny uh, to John Moxley being off. So clearly, they are still going in that direction. But I really like the match. It's just cold. There's no issue other than it's, I, I guess, kind of your your dream match, and it should be really excellent between these two. But no issue going into it. I think when you have a last minute replacement, you really kind of just have to rely on you know uh, work rate and and really like a dream match scenario in order to get people interested. And certainly from what I, I, I gathered on the internet, everybody was more than happy with this as a replacement. Some people thinking that this would be a better match. Um, maybe in ring, I think it would be a better match than Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. But I think the big story still seems to be Moxley versus Kenny that, I mean, really it's a bit of a gift for them because now they're only increasing anticipation for that particular match. And you can use it on your TV if you want to debut with a big match. But I, I feel like they should... Even, you know, peak it for the next pay-per-view, the next big one that they have. But Pac versus Omega, I think, is is a more than worthy substitute. Um, I I find it interesting that they they didn't have any type of... Uh, they didn't have Kenny cut a promo directly to Pac. It makes you wonder, you know, maybe that's coming up in, in uh, the Road to uh, uh, Go Home edition that's coming out later this uh, week. Also, maybe I was expecting a bit more from Paige and... Uh, Hangman Page himself. We got a bit of a promo from Jericho as well to close out uh, being the elite this week. I'm I'm hoping for Page's rebuttal because that match in particular feels like a li- it's a, bl- a bit cold uh, and kind of lost among all the other talk. Yeah, I I, I think it's a great replacement that they could pull this off. Uh, I won't complain if we get a Pac promo this week just to hear him. Uh, but yeah, I think... I don't think anyone's going to be too upset that you're getting Pac here against Kenny Omega on Saturday. And you have a bigger issue, I think, now between Omega and Moxley for, uh, that you can save for mm-hmm. their next pay-per-view or do it at a later date uh, when Moxley is ready to come back. But boy, am I disappointed that he's not going to be a part of Bloodsport. That was something I was really looking forward to, maybe even more so than the Omega match. You know, to see John Moxley against Josh Barnett in a shoot-style setting, um, hopefully... That's still a match they can do. I don't know exactly what uh, Moxley's deal is once AEW TV starts, but that's yeah, tough. And 
I, I, I really hope that we get that at some point. And we don't know who uh, Barnett's replacing him with yet. No, no announcement as of yet. Maybe he'll get Randy Couture. In a work rematch from uh, UFC 36. Well, that would be quite the replacement. Um, <laughs> Randy Couture replaces John Moxley. Do you ever think that would be a potential headline? Oh, and Randy Couture does like a a Moxley style video. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyway. Uh, other news coming out of that being the elite episode, uh, they've announced a six man tag with SCU taking on Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. And we also got Johnny, whatever the name, Johnny Blank and uh, Taya in this video. You're right. Yeah. Um, Johnny, whatever he is. Johnny Free Agent and Johnny Taya elite, of Impact Wrestling and AAA. Yeah, yeah, okay. So neither person. Is, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it shows that they. So uh, uh, John Hennigan's done with Impact. Yes. Yes. Right. Interesting. Okay. Well, do you think his appearance in being the elite, um, should lead to any t- type of speculation? Uh, I I think that they put them in there, for some kind of reason. Hmm. So I I think it's a. Uh... Worthwhile if you want to if you want to speculate if he fits in. I don't know if he necessarily is like a great fit. Um, he's fine to add. I don't think someone that you would be if you're making a list of the, all the available talent out there. Would he be in my top ten? Probably not. But um, you know, it's you, you've seen good and bad with, with John Hennigan. Is he a difference maker? I don't. I don't feel he is. Mm-hmm. But it might be a good addition if they have a great idea. Then sure. Uh, tremendous athlete and if they have a great idea for him maybe they will do something with him but it was really just a brief cameo um they also announced that the next location for tv we're up to november the 6th now that will be at the bojangles coliseum which is definitely the oldest venue they have run this thing was built in the 50s uh tickets are going to be going on sale a week from friday for that one in charlotte north carolina and they also confirmed Tony Schiavone signing, and they sent out a press release, which I actually have here, that Schiavone has signed a full-time, multi-year agreement, and he will serve as a member of the broadcast team, as well as a senior producer for AEW events, but he is still going to be doing all of his uh, baseball and football work with the University of Georgia and the Atlanta Braves uh, AAA team, so... Um, and on top of that, his MLW work, which he is under contract for and will be calling Fusion for the foreseeable future with Rich Bokini. So on top of doing his podcast, this is a very busy man in 2019. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really happy that he's had this uh, sort of resurgence. And I'm really curious to know what that senior producer role specifically might mean. You know, is he like putting together these shows? Is he producing the broadcasters? Um, I wonder if we'll ever kind of get the details of something like that, but it, it's it's fascinating to me that he's not just on here to do a, a commentary role. And what do you think this means for uh, Marvez? Well, uh, Dave Meltzer had a note today that Saturday's show is going to be Excalibur, Jim Ross, and the Golden Boy. They're going right, to be calling so it with Marvez. Uh, yes, Golden Boy, I guess, assigned. And uh, Marvez is going to be doing backstage interviews, which is probably... <laughs> I think where he's better suited at this point than being the third man. 
and yeah. they've they've got enough people to rotate in and out. I think it feels John, like John, ex- they've got like a, enough for a commentator for every single person on the roster. It seems every <laughs> they, single they, week they could do somebody. they could do the giant CNN panel when there's a presidential debate. Um, they could just have the long line of like nine correspondents that they all have under contracts, and Tony Schiavone can be the lead. He can be Anderson Cooper. Um, maybe it seems instead like, of like a international like commentator role role like <laughs> WWE does, they'll they'll have, just have like five different English commentary announced teams, and you can pick and choose which one you want. It's a silly thing, but I'm kind of intrigued this Saturday to see how many of this of the broadcasters are woven into the broadcast on Saturday. Like, how many are utilized? Is it just going to be Marvez doing interviews? Or are we going to get different people all over? Because again, we've gone through the whole list. There's there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Shivani can be, he can certainly be inserted on certain times when, when necessary, if nothing else, uh, it would be great just on the very first TNT show that they've got some huge brawl at the end of the show. And we can have Shivani announce that we've got to go <laughs> for going full it, nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Tony Shivani, uh, confirmed anything else on being the elite uh, that we, they kind of teased a deal with the Bucks and Hangman Page, where Hangman asked the Bucks to be in their corner and they politely yeah. turned him down because they've got their own ladder match to worry about. So that wasn't there for no reason. Yeah, yeah, clearly kind of building to that next story. Uh, I mean, brief mentions of Marty Skrull, um, Flip Gordon, and Kota Ibushi, but I don't look too deep into any of those. Ronda Rousey has been added to the cast of Total Divas, as has Sonya Deville. The show returns Wednesday, October the 2nd, which is, uh, thank God, I was like, what am I going to watch on TV that night? I've got Total Divas now. Uh, this will be following NXT on the USA Network, uh, as well as the TNT debut of All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Ronda Rousey, it was interesting. This was, obviously, getting her on Total Divas was something that they probably wanted from the get-go, was this was a big coup for them. Uh, I'm not completely surprised, but it did strike me because I certainly recall how much of an awful experience Ronda Rousey had doing The Ultimate Fighter. She did not enjoy that aspect of reality television and how she was portrayed on that show and clearly has a lot more confidence in this this form of reality television, I guess, than Ultimate Fighter because I remember going to the premiere of the season that she coached with Misha Tate – and we were all set up in this theater for a screening, and her and Misha were taking questions. And I, they, it got around to me, and I asked Misha a question, and then I asked Rhonda like the most like mundane question. I think it was about uh, the idea of like Judo Jean Labelle having a cameo. Like uh, it was just nothing. And she was in such a bad mood that day. She just had she did not want to be there at all, and she was not disguising this fact in the least. And it was mm. just, she she just hated that experience on Ultimate Fighter. But anyway, she'll be on Total Divas, as I guess, so will Travis Brown then. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much, like, how exactly in- involved she might be. Like, will she be a part of the cast going to, like, Cancun? Uh, will she be, part, like, will she be Probably. out for drinks uh, on the regular with, with this traveling cast? I don't know. Or are we simply going to get vignettes from Rhonda and Travis at their farm uh, doing their own thing? Um, I'm not sure, but you know, it's, it's probably, it's, it is the biggest star to ever, uh, have been on total divas. Um, we, we, I'm sure it'll make a bit of a difference in the ratings. Um, 
And I I feel like you're talking about a Ronda Rousey that maybe is a bit different from maybe Ronda in fight mode, where she's very open these days with like, you know, her personal life. She'll go on her YouTube page and just kind of talk like she did a whole thing about her broken finger um, just immediately after it happened. So I'm sure whatever she's doing with E, it's it'll be more on her terms. And uh, again, yeah, I I just wonder if if it'll be, you know, part of the how integrated she will be with the rest of the cast. Yeah, that'll be interesting as well. So, I mean, it's all been shot, so that'll be debuting October the 2nd. Uh, Steve Austin has been announced for Raw in two weeks. This is the first of two straight nights at Madison Square Garden. So we'll get Austin on Raw, and The Undertaker is advertised for SmackDown the following night. So two pretty big appearances after just doing the Raw reunion. Um And then you've got the Fox debut. In the case of Austin, I kind of understand it because it would be hard to imagine them holding off Austin to do the Fox debut when he's so heavily involved in this show that's on the USA Network that I don't know if that would be the best best Mm -hmm. move if, you know, WWE threw him onto a competitor as opposed to on their own show where they're trying to drive everyone to this straight-up Steve Austin show. So... If he's going to be on the USA Network, I mean, uh, it might as well be in two weeks, which is the return of Monday Night Football. But it is like we just had him on Raw, so I'm not expecting the same kind of impact he had a month ago. The draw this time, though, is is him being in MSG. I mean, whatever that, that means oh, to man. you. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I mean, in reality, though, like, uh, sorry, when are tickets on sale for this? So oh, tickets uh, are on sale. Tickets are uh, apparently have, have gone well for raw. So this okay. is not some kind of a panic move to sell tickets. It's just, I, I guess Austin's available and it's, it's probably as much like they want to just push the show right afterwards and get their use out of Austin for some creative way on, on raw. Sure. Do you think this time around he'll, he'll be integrating any sort of angle or, or is this just another appearance? Uh, yeah, you can't really come out and do the family speech again uh, after we yeah. just got it. So, yeah, I hope I hope they have a great idea for him. This is also the go-home show for Clash of Champions. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how they use him. Maybe, maybe he's just going to do a tour of Madison Square Garden throughout the show. We're just going to cut to him checking out the building. Um, hmm. I'll, I'd watch that if it was Austin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, beyond that, that's about it. We can't talk about the Super J Cup, right? Are we not allowed to talk about the uh, the can't see, a, must see you, matches of the why don't weekend? You give a spoiler warning, and then we can talk about whatever we want. Okay, everyone. Uh, we'll, Spoilers. We're going to chat yeah. very briefly about the Super J Cup. I don't have much to talk about because I haven't been able to see it. But it sounds like Will Osprey and Amazing Red just tore it up on Thursday night in where was that first show in Tacoma, Washington, and it came down to El Fantasmo and Dragon Lee with El Fantasmo winning. The entire J-Cup, and that uh, the, they're 100% going to be going to El Fantasmo and Will Ospreay because Fantasmo beat him in the semifinals earlier in the night on Sunday in Long Beach. And then they did an angle afterwards where Liger was presenting him with the trophy, and Fantasmo, I guess, kicked the trophy away, challenged Liger to a match, and it led to this big brawl with Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori with Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles, and Ospreay and Eagles kind of forming an alliance and they want to go after the junior heavyweight tag titles, which is kind of um, odd direction to see Osprey going in. I think 
they're just going to put him into every program in every division. <laughs> yes, at every put tournament. The, yeah, the, the Never, uh, the IC, he's, they're just going to use him as, as much as they can. Uh, the, from all accounts, from what I've heard, these, these shows really feel like they, they are can't miss whenever they come out. I just I wonder how much my anticipation will be once, uh, once they do come out in September on, on World. They can't miss, but right now they can't see. Yes. Yeah. I, how will you watch these? Like, let's presume they come out in 10 days or so. Are you just going to cherry pick um, matches? I'll watch the matches that people are talking the most about. And so that'll be Red versus uh, Osprey. Uh, who, who did Osprey face the second night? Show? Face Show on the second night. And then he yeah. had the match with Phantasmo on Sunday. Yeah, I'll watch those ones. I'll watch the final probably. And, and whatever else people recommend. Um, one final thing here is they announced uh, the return of the Young Lion Cup. And I know some people are probably going through tournament fatigue after the G1, and now we're going into BOLA, and we just had the J Cup. But I think this is one that's going to be under the radar really cool with Shota Umino, Ren Narita, Yota Suji, Yuya Uemura, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, Alex Coughlin, and from the Folly Dojo in New Zealand, Michael Richards. Kramer himself. Kramer himself is in wow. the Young Lion Cup. Um, this is going to be done throughout the shows in September on the road Two shows and then culminate at the Kobe card on September 22nd, uh, round Robin one block and it's 15 minute time limits for all the matches. And I think we're going to get some really hot matches involving this awesome crop of young lions. I haven't seen Michael Richards, but the others, I mean, have all been great standouts in their, in their respective roles this year. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I wonder what else is going to be around that weekend that that'll have my attention, man. But, um, I I'm sure the young lines will always deliver. So anybody who gets to go to the, see those shows live, including, uh, uh, some of the matches taking place at the Yuji Nagata, uh, 35th year anniversary special. Um, I'm sure they'll have a great time. And just looking ahead to our shows this week, uh, we'll just quickly run through everything that's going on this weekend, including, a. Uh packed weekend of shows Tuesday night. Wayne and I are back with rewind to SmackDown Wednesday night. It's the double shot for patrons. We're continuing our review of glow with episodes three and four that we will be discussing Thursday. It's the cafe hangout at 3 PM Eastern time. Wayne and I will try and make sense of all the stuff that's going down this weekend. Uh, up next with Brayden and Davey will also be out Thursday. Friday sees the return of rewind away as we are reviewing the WrestleCon Super Show from this past April, the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show, headlined by Will Ospreay and Bandito. That will be out for patrons and was selected by our Espresso Executive Producer, Phil Claycomb, who will be on the show with us. And then it's into Saturday. Way and I are on AEW duty. We're going to have a post-show late Saturday night, and that's live if you're a double-double patron. Meanwhile, the cruel summer winds down. WH Park will be with Joel Abraham to review the 2017 G1 final between Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito. And then on Sunday, Martin Bushby and James Z are reviewing Royal Quest and the NXT UK TakeOver. A TakeOver that I think is going to be lost in the shuffle this weekend. I feel that is the card that's going to kind of fly under most people's um, observations this weekend. I I just don't sense a whole lot of buzz for this show. At the same time, it's the show that you can pretty easily watch compared to Royal Quest. You know what? You're right. Royal Quest, you've got to pay 25 bucks to watch this show because it's not on New Japan World. So you make a great point that a lot of people that uh, Sunday afternoon, they've got several hours. It's not going head-to-head with AEW, which would be worse. Uh, so you're right. It's it's probably 
going to just by New Japan's bizarre setup for this major show. Um, they're kind of pushing people towards takeover. Mm-hmm. And then Cruel Summer concludes on Sunday, 2018. I will be with WH as we bid adieu to the summer, chatting Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, last year's phenomenal final at Budokan Hall. So that is all that is happening at postwrestling.com. If you want to join our Patreon, it is postwrestlingcafe.com. Multiple bonus shows per week, including Rewind Away, The Cafe Hangout, and your chance to watch some of these shows live as well. Did I miss anything? I think you got it all. Awesome. Well, let's get into Raw. From our favorite venue, the Smoothie King Center, a place you and I have watched uh, a lot of wrestling over the last four years. Uh, certainly, yeah. The Smoothie King is nice. I mean, but I feel like this Bojangles uh, arena <laughs> might be taking over. The Bojangles Coliseum. This is, uh, this is the former, former Charlotte Coliseum, the former uh, Independence Arena, and now it's the, now it's the Bojangles uh, Coliseum. Did, somebody, did they name it after someone's cat? Um, uh, I, I, I could look up the origin of it, but it's, I, I, I actually don't want to, cause I would rather there be some greater myth in our head and someone doesn't explain that. Oh, Bone, Bojangles is our local uh, food distributor. That's not nearly as exciting. Yeah. I don't want like Bojangles.com is actually our local service provider in North Carolina. So raw begins with Sasha Banks in the ring and everyone wants to know why. Where has she been? And she goes over her hiatus after WrestleMania. She says for four months she was gone, not saying anything, and yet everyone was speaking about her. And she was, people had talked about her throwing a fit, crying on the floor at WrestleMania, and taking her ball and going home. And she admits to all of this because she was relegated to a tag match she didn't care about involving tag titles that meant even less. Meanwhile, Becky Lynch was main eventing against Ronda Rousey. So in in Be- in Sasha's mind, Charlotte didn't even exist in this main event. Uh, so this promo, addressing her hiatus, I didn't think this was a bad angle to come at and actually address it to turn it into, but I, I could have done without some of the... I, I like kind of planting a seed for a future Bailey match, but I think that required some follow-up by the announcers to call into question, like, what does Bailey think of this? Like, she's just totally mm-hmm. knocking Bailey, who didn't even care about this later in the show. I think something, there should have been a response to that. Uh, but also, just, if the women's tag titles were this huge success and they were doing tremendous with them, you can get away with a line like this. But instead, what what fan would be defending this, uh, this burial? Uh, or at least combating it, I should say. These titles mean nothing, and you have Bailey saying as such, or uh, Sasha saying as much. Uh, I just felt yeah. like you just totally killed these titles even worse here by saying something that even the most uh, positive fan cannot disagree with, because that's exactly what they are. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that they're, you know, the tag titles are at such a low level right now that Sasha's not really hurting it by pointing out the obvious. You know, she's just saying, like... These titles, ever since we lost them, especially, have just kind of been in the dumps. And as a heel, I think she could she, get away she with said that. she didn't even care about the tag titles when she had them. She wasn't saying that they yeah, fell she after she lost them. She said she was relegated to a tag match involving tag ma- tag titles that meant even less. Right. Well, I guess I mean I I kind of just took it more as like you know heel verbiage that you know she would insult something that I think you're 
the fans and also the WWE and the roster should hold uh, at a very pre- prestigious level. But you're right, because the, the reputation of these titles in this division is so low right now, maybe it's a line that, you know, kind of only reinforces it rather than, you know, maybe helps uh, uh, salvage what, what little is left. But I, I thought it worked for a heel Sasha Banks, though. And I thought she sounded good. You know, she's never, to me, been the strongest promo in the division. Uh, it, this is also the first time we've really heard her speak as a heel on the main roster at in some time, if not, like, maybe even since she came out. And I thought she did well. You know, I, I, I don't consider her of the level of somebody like a Becky Lynch or, or an Alexa as far as, you know, best promos in her division. But I thought she sounded good enough for the role that here, like the very important role she has right now. I didn't have any issue with the delivery. I thought her delivery was was very good here. Starting off the show, she felt very confident. She didn't seem uh, overwhelmed by the spotlight here, kicking off the show, anything like that. I just didn't like the just not not so much just bearing the titles, but also your champions on this show didn't even care about this line. They didn't react. They weren't upset by this. Bailey didn't care about this later. So it, it almost kind of just fell on deaf ears and just um, I, I just felt like in the case of Bailey, yes, that's not a program you need to go to immediately, but it should have been raised like here. These were best friends. Uh, what happened? And yeah, at least I qu- I question why that. that match occurred on this show. Like I probably wouldn't have had Bailey versus uh, Nikki on this show, considering that she's a SmackDown wrestler. And also, I think Sasha's reappearance like deserves some type of answer from Bailey, whether it, it, if it was just in a backstage comment or something like that. Personally, I would have just saved Bailey for SmackDown. You could have done that. It was totally. Um, it, it didn't fit into any bigger story on this show. There was nothing going on with these two beyond just filling time. So that kicked things off. Uh, Then she moved on to uh, why she left and said she went on multiple vacations with her WrestleMania paycheck. Um, So couldn't have been relegated that bad if you could go on several vacations based on your your payoff with these worthless worthless titles. Um, Well, I'm sure WrestleMania payoff, even if you're in the Andre battle role, is pretty decent. Enough to, to, you know, get you going to Japan to train at various dojos. But she also points out Becky made more than her. That's That's true too, isn't it? Oh, it's definitely true for this year. 100%. So she came out last week or two weeks ago and lied to Natalia about how her dad's proud of her. And she talks about how she deserves all the glory and gets interrupted by Natalia, who seems to be the only person, the only female that was paying attention to her promo that was actually upset by the words coming out of her mouth. She storms down. She's still got her left arm all wrapped up and they have to get separated by the officials. And I know this was done for a lot of intensity, but once I saw Finley's beard, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. So I was kind of just fixated on Finley. Finley's got this badass beard going on now. I missed it. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's got it's a good look for him. Maybe uh, following uh, his his child, taking a cue from David. Looks like he could wrestle a bear with this beard that he has. Well, that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anything further to add on, on the Finley facial hair? Nothing, nothing. I'm okay. That's my WrestleMania match. Finley versus a bear. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I feel like they, they've kind of learned their lesson from the past couple weeks. And instead of having Natalia come in here and cut some type of long-winded promo about how, you know, Sasha wronged her, they did the best thing that they could with Natalia. And that's just to have her come out and get strictly physical with full, full of fire. Because when she does her sob story act on, on a microphone... It just, it never makes her look good. 
So I thought this worked out perfect. You know, she just came out here and just beat on Sasha. The crowd went crazy for it. It's a realistic reaction. Like, if you were talking shit about me on national TV, I'm not coming down to debate you. Yeah. I'm coming down to attack you. Yep. So I found this refreshing. Uh, I liked, uh, overall, uh, again, uh, content aside, I thought, like, they they did do a good job with the, the pull apart at the end. The Street Profits, the narrators of Raw, are backstage, and they preview the entire show. They go through all the matches, including an eight-team tag team turmoil match. And they asked, what is a tag team turmoil match? It's like, well, we've got a tag team turmoil match, which is different from the tag team turmoil, which is the women's division. (laughs) (laughs) And the winners will face, thank you, Way. The winners will face Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins at Clash of Champions. They list off all eight teams, which include luminaries like the B team, Hawkins and Ryder, and the makeshift team of Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, and not the Street Profits, who were not identified as the NXT Tag Champions this week, but had that match last week, they they could not qualify as one of the top eight teams. Um, neither are the Usos. Oh, you're right, the Usos, who have kind of just disappeared since um, being since denied the, at the, the Jimmy Uso infraction, and then the, the border. getting turned away, at, yeah, not getting into Canada. Yeah, yeah, so I wonder what's up there. But um, as far as the Street Profits go, they they did have a subtle wink-wink, I think, to their loss of the titles when they talked about Gallows and Anderson and how and Dawkins made some remark about, like, you know, they must be so pissed off having to lose the titles and having to go through seven teams to get a sh- shot or something like that. And then they do this, like, long stare to the camera. So I'm thinking this was a reference to them losing their own titles. Some people might get it. I barely understood it. I'm, I I feel like I just can't think about what what else it might be in reference to. Well, this week, um, like last week, they weren't wearing the titles. But this week, they weren't even like the Chiron didn't even come up identifying them, which they did do last week. So and what, when does that episode air? Wednesday. It's airing this week. Interesting. Okay. So then the uh, yeah, it feels like we're watching Doctor Strange in real life here with the different time. Ooh. It's all out of. I just wanted the Street Profits to be in this match specifically for one pairing because I wanted Michael Cole to have to commentate Dawkins with Hawkins. Oh, I'm sure you'll get your chance. <laughs> I hope so. That's all I wanted at the end of this. That was my <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre in a King of the Ring quarterfinal match. Ricochet cut a promo. He has idolized so many past Kings of the Ring and says Drew may be an immovable object, but he is willing to do anything to win. Drew's promo, he said, Ricochet is actually right. I am an immovable object. So is this has to be this guy's new latest stupid nickname if we're both going to be identifying him as the immovable object, Drew McIntyre. I call him the immovable object because I think he's stuck in the exact same place uh, and he's not moving anywhere. He could move down. You're right. There is some some movement south. Uh, he does not give a damn about the past winners who were all disappointments. Shots fired at Mr. Ass. And he will exile everyone from his kingdom when he wins. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was okay. Well, aren't you glad he didn't win? Because if he did, we we would have had that. You probably would have come out on a horse. Um, I don't know. What this was Booker T's pick last week. Actually, probably a lot of people's picks 
you know, a front runner for sure. But um, yeah, not not to be. We didn't get a Skype interview this week. No one available. You're right. Well, you know, SmackDown hasn't occurred yet, so yeah, maybe the maybe we didn't have a smoothie connection oh, in man. the center. There was this enormous belly to belly. I've been gone all weekend, way, so this I is know. just all stored up now. I got to get it all out. Uh, there was this enormous belly to belly to Ricochet. Drew goes to the floor. Ricochet lands on his feet, kicking off the post. Uh, we're full back into commercial breaks. They've completely be, been reintegrated, and they have been for several weeks. But it really is just the yeah. the official confirmation is this now. Like I don't feel like anybody's trying to like tiptoe around it. Even like there's no, no cute attempt to like try to justify anything. It's just like I feel like every match has a commercial now, and we felt this way last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it's it's the same. Uh, but I do have to say, like watching this show, I do feel the pacing is much better. Like th- these three hour raws, the last little yeah. while to me, they they are moving quicker. I feel less and less the I'll like the second hour like dead period. I'll tell you, I I feel like much of it maybe has to do. I feel like a lot of the wrestling is faster now, and I don't know if they took that from you know like when they're forced to have two three minute matches, everybody having to work super fast. And they just decided to carry it out here, but um, like I feel like I'm seeing a, a lo- far fewer chin locks than than I I have probably. You are getting shorter matches. Like we're not getting those twenty minute matches like in the past where they go multiple segments. And I mean, if you if you break down the tag turmoil, we got eleven matches on this show. So there, it's a lot. Uh, and, and some got time. Some went. We got a couple ten plus minute matches on this show as well. We also got some absolutely. Blinking, you'd missed it matches as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going back and forth. I thought the middle part of this match, like it felt like these two would just have such a blow away match in a different environment. And this is these two in it with the WWE constraints trying to have as good of a WWE television match as possible. And then I thought it really did pick up towards the end. But in the middle, I'm watching this and it just feels like these two are not... There's, I think there, there's more that can be drawn from than what they're showcasing here. Yeah, you're probably right, you know, but I think much of it mm, might be the 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 crowd, you know, as well. Uh like condensed. by the second hour this crowd was just completely out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in the third hour. This was not a bad crowd, but I mean, if you're talking about uh, you know, it didn't start off bad, but no. it just they went silent after the tag turmoil. Right, sure. Uh, Drew caught him, inverted Alabama slam, Ricochet then hit his standing shooting star, and uh, it picks up as Ricochet leaps off the steps and gets caught with the Glasgow kiss. The Claymore gets stopped with a super kick, and then there's a lariat sit-out powerbomb combo from Drew for a big near fall, and then Ricochet comes off the turnbuckle, gets shoved back onto the turnbuckle, and he leaps off with the recoil and then hits the 630 to get the win. And I think the strength of this match was kind of the, the final two, three minutes and the rest of it. Like this was a good match. I just feel that this is a great example of seeing two guys that I just think if you put in a different setting, these guys would blow this away. But potentially, yeah. I mean, it's always the argument. Um, I, I just, I feel like I've, I, I, there are times where I can really respect, you know, the constraints of a WWE style match and seeing what people can do within it. And I thought this was a good example of like what two guys who are extremely talented can do under the WWE style guide. Um, I thought they told a pretty good, simple to, to follow story here. 
Drew playing, you know, the giant, great aggressor, um, Ricochet, the underdog. And I thought both men came out looking really good. Ricochet came out of it looking uh, uh, like, you know, a well, hard-fought victory. Drew lost, but dominated the entire match. Uh, really flashy offense from Ricochet. Great cutoffs from Drew. Good back and forth. I, I, I just thought it was a solid TV match. Then Michael Cole said that Ricochet is one step closer to his lifelong dream by becoming king of the ring. Lifelong dream. Mm-hmm. I would love to see his high school yearbook. Most destined to become king of the ring. <laughs> uh, next week, it's Ricochet and Samoa Joe in Baltimore. Uh, SmackDown promo. Tuesday show is all going to be about Roman Reigns and I guess the the, the twin. Is the twin going to be back for week two? Uh, I don't. I, I feel like they have to reveal that person's identity somehow. So... I hope so. They recapped the tag title change last week with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. And then we got maybe the most unintentionally hilarious segment of the week. So Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, uh, who are now engaged legitimately, uh, were away this week. So they taped a segment prior with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. And that's what aired here. They probably so, taped it last week after the match. Yeah. So this segment starts off where Sarah Schreiber is interviewing the two, and in the left-hand corner, it says, last week. But Sarah Schreiber was doing this interview under the impression that it was going to air this week and pretend to be live, because she referenced when they won the tag titles last week, and we are three weeks away from Clash of Champions. So who messed up here? Was it the, the graphics person? I think they... What I imagine happened. This was supposed sh- to be. I think this was supposed to be live. Like they wanted. It was definitely to supposed things. to be live. Like they were dressed up. Like this was yeah. not like they were uh, sweating from just winning the tag titles after Raw last week. They were fully clothed, and this was. Yeah. It was, it was clearly it was. It was clearly shot with the intention of this will air as if it's live. I'm imagining, just guessing that what happened was everyone realized. Seth and Becky are not here this week. And as well, in the main event segment, they had to explain Seth is not around, so he can't help save Braun. So they had to explain that by saying this was last week. What a headache. A headache. But that's why we got God. this segment here. In And I guess they couldn't reshoot it because Seth was not there. So they had to go with... Sarah's questions, unless they really tried. But you some also had crazy Braun. Editing. Like I think you had Braun reference like winning the titles last week too, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. They said last week multiple times in this. Alrighty. Well, um, I, I'm telling you, it's it's the Doctor Strange uh, uh, effect. Yes. So. Um, anyway. Uh, where are we here? So. She goes over this, and they explain they're ready for any tag teams. But Strowman is just staring at the Universal title and asks who he will defend that title against. And Braun ends up challenging Rollins. Rollins accepts, and they shake hands. So what's going to happen is they will defend the tag titles at Clash of Champions and then face each other later in the same show. And then the segment that was last week, that was supposed to be this week, uh, concluded. Yeah, yeah. Well, why did they have to go and get engaged? 
Uh, well, it, it made this segment kind of complicated, but we got our match. So they're going to do double duty. Yeah. The Miz comes out for his King of the Ring match and goes over all the titles he's won, plugs the season finale of Miz and Mrs. for Tuesday night, and he says he wants it all. And the first steps to becoming King Awesome start now. King Awesome. Some like King Corbin actually sounds pretty cool. King Ricochet sounds cool. King Joe sounds cool. King Awesome does not really roll off the tongue too well. And Graves said, said as much. That does not have a ring to it. And The Miz took on Baron Corbin. Early on, uh, Corbin attacks his back. Uh, Miz comes back, running knees and a clothesline into the corner. Hits the shittiest double axe handle off the top. And they show Cedric watching backstage because he'll be facing the winner. Miz gets caught with the deep six for a two. End of days gets blocked. Miz hits a DDT. And then Corbin slides under the turnbuckle, runs at him into the skull-crushing finale, and he kicks out of that. Uh, Miz then sends him into the barricade, goes for the springboard. Miz and springboards, never a good combination. Corbin ducks and hits end of days to win the match. So it's Baron and Cedric Alexander next week. I actually thought this match exceeded my expectations. You know, looking at the brackets, I think this probably was the weakest-looking match on paper. But I thought these two had pretty decent chemistry. I felt they were rather ambitious with their reversals, but they were all really well executed. Uh, they went at a really fast pace. This was, again, not really like a Baron Corbin, half Nelson, Chinlock type of uh, filled match. It was like both of them working really hard, really fast. Uh, good match, I thought. Do you think if he wins, he'll call himself Baron Corbin? No. Corbin puts the crown on. And he brings up a WWE poll where the fans want anyone but him to win. He does not care what the fans think because on your best day, you could not, you could not accomplish what he has, uh, which would be what the worst WrestleMania match Kurt Angle's ever had. I suppose holding a full-time job um, in the WWE being on TV consistently. Wrestling um, in slacks with a dress shirt. Well, he's got a tank top now. G-Unit tank top, I've been I've been informed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bring back the G-Unit tank top, as well as a Gucci belt. My girlfriend tells me all these things. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's the kind of detail we need. Mm -hmm. And he ends it by saying, all hail King Corbin. And I think everyone just imagined Charmel proclaiming this. I feel like I, I, I'm still picking him to play Jay White in this year's King of the Ring Finals. I think um, so, too. And he comes up short. Yeah, I think they'll have some excuse for him beating Ricochet. But then, you know, it, he's the guy that everybody wants to see lose in the final against whoever from SmackDown. And I Do think you think he, it's him and, him and Ricochet? Because that's where I see this going. Ricochet's raw. So. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, they'd be in the... Uh, oh, yeah, so if, if he goes to the finals... Uh, you know what? I, I think it comes down to Ricochet and Corbin on the raw side, and I think Ricochet goes to the final. Yeah, that's possible, too. I could see and that I think you, well. you do this at the Garden. This would be the Madison Square Garden match. It's Ricochet and Corbin. Is it? Is it that close? Yeah, because wow. next week's Baltimore. The following week is the Garden. Okay, wow. Kayla interviewed Gallows and Anderson, who complain about Rollins and Braun Strowman getting a tag title shot out of thin air last week, and now we have to beat seven teams and state the unfairness of the tag team rankings. 
They're not wrong. A hell of a point that they brought up. Uh, They recapped the Mysterio's angle from last week, and Rey Mysterio returns next week. Yeah. Bailey and Nikki Cross non-title match. Uh, Cross attacked the left elbow and arm of Bailey, took her back. Bailey got put into the tree of woe, and Cross kicked away at the ribs. Bailey finally caught her with a vertical suplex, knee lift, face buster, top rope elbow, and won the match in four minutes. All the while holding her ribs. Uh, I thought the match was fine. These two had. It was fine. It it was really quick. And when you told tell me the the total time, I mean, you could totally understand. It felt a little rushed. Um, but you know, they told they attempted to tell a bit of a story with the the work over the midsection. Crowd was not there for this though. I think uh, Bailey still needs a lot of work to to really get this crowd's attention right now. Not really sure again why they felt the need to put this on Raw. Had no bearing on any storyline. She's a SmackDown champ. Um, really kind of only made it weird that she didn't address uh, anything to do with Sasha, too. I, I think both. I think both. You had Bailey and you had one half of the tag team champions, like, not responding. Not The worst is when you book a, someone not to care. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it's indifference with the audience. Um, and I think with Bailey, like, you didn't have to do a big deal because you're not going to that at the pay-per-view. But I think the announcers could have at least been asking like that's a natural what what is bailey's thoughts on this they were partners and now she's totally burying their their past together these were best friends and now they aren't that should at least be the announcer's job to ask those questions so it's in the back of the viewer's mind as well yeah my guess is they just don't want to draw any attention to 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 it even though you know they were lines that were were uttered uh but they have no intention of doing that match at the moment Strowman was with Kayla, says the clash is going to be a busy night, but he's going to win the United States title tonight, meaning he will have three titles after Clash of Champions. I mean, it's such a crazy idea. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have put it past him to, to do it. He's the Lance Storm of WWE, winning title after title each week. Yeah, did Lance ever defend all three at one on one evening? No, no. He pretty much won the three, and then what they did was... Uh, then he faced Booker T for the WCW title, and everyone believed this guy could win because he's just won all these titles in a row. Hmm. Uh, then we had the tag team turmoil match, the most appropriate term for a good portion of this. The Viking Raiders versus the B team. This one went a minute 18 with the Viking experience delivered to Bo Dallas. Just interrupt me, Way, if you have any uh, nope, nothing. deep analysis for any of these. Viking Raiders versus Gallows and Anderson. Uh, this went even less. They went a minute 12 where they all got into the ring brawling and were du- there was a double disqualification. The highlight being Ivar hitting a suicide dive and taking out Eric, his partner. I thought this was so lame. You know, I understand like these are probably your two most high profile teams at the moment um, and you want to protect the both of them. But I think you need to at least make the double DQ somewhat unique and somewhat exciting. Give us a big spot, you know, like something out of control brawl all over the arena. Like mm. it's just they can't contain themselves. This just was nothing. It was like yeah. we have no great reason to get rid of them. I understand like if you're doing a tag team turmoil match, it would look really silly not to include these teams. But this like you had no time for this. It just came off very poor. I think you needed something to at least, you know, let let the crowd leave this portion of the match happy um but it, instead it was just they're so inconsistent with these types of dqs as well that anyway i thought it was super lame and just left a bad taste in viewers mouths 
Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode versus Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. So we got two fresh teams after the double DQ. Um, uh, this one uh, was the Broadway of our first three matches. This one went a minute 24 where, man, they tried to cram as much as they could into a minute 24 and ended with Grand Metalik delivering a handspring and getting super kicked in the back of the head by Ziggler. And he pinned Metalik. Did it start in the commercial? It did start during the commercial. So it was a minute 24 of television time. So right. they probably had about three minutes. What happened to Bobby Roode's mustache? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's gone. Yeah, he grew the He had it for like a week. And then he, he probably had it on main event for weeks. And we just didn't know. I think he and Ziggler should, should grow mustaches. Okay. They need something to unite the team. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's possible. That'll turn him baby fist, though, I think. Maybe you could have one. Maybe they could. Uh, what if Rude grew a mustache and Ziggler grew uh, a goatee? Like a reverse? A mustache? Zig, no, it could be a zig and a zag. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm working. I'm workshopping this stuff in my head as we, mm. as we do this. Mm. Ziggler and Rude versus The Revival. Uh, this one went a whole five minutes and ten seconds. Uh, Rude and Dawson traded chops. Uh, Wilder did this slingshot into a shoulder tackle. I mean, the work was fine. It was just that the revival there's cut off heels. the ring and made Ziggler like the baby face that not one person in this arena was sympathetic towards. And they built up to this tag to Rude. I swear to God, there wasn't a soul inside the Smoothie King Center that clapped their hands or cheered. There wasn't a, uh, There was not a sound uttered when Dolph Ziggler tagged Bobby Roode. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how this was supposed to work as both teams were heels. I guess, you know, could they not have, like, had the Revival come out earlier? I, I get, Man, I don't know. I don't know. There's something wrong with this for sure. But I understand why they wanted to have the Revival out there for five minutes because, you know, they don't want to embarrass the Revival. But instead, they just ended up boring the, the audience. So... Ziggler makes this tag to Rude, and then Ziggler and Rude crash into each other. But it's not like they're not playing off like a miscommunication spot. It's just it was just like this bizarre move. And then Ziggler makes his whole comeback while Bobby Rude is the legal man. The crowd is dead for all of this. And then a brainbuster is delivered to Ziggler, but then Rude hits Dawson with the glorious DDT and gets the pin. So, man, the final two minutes of this was just. I, I didn't understand any of it. Yeah. They advanced, though. Ziggler and Rude face Hawkins and Ryder, who are back on TV. <laughs> Ryder sent Rude to the floor and then got hit with a Ziggler super kick. This went 46 seconds of television time. Just, just another team, really. And just our final team. match. Yeah. Thank God we had eight teams. Really needed these eight teams. Um, I guess there are excuses for commercial breaks and... You know, it's it's also to 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 be able to say Rude and Ziggler beat this many teams so that they, you know, they they are justified in getting this tag title t- shot. Heavy Machinery is our final team, and this was one team that the audience did get into during certain spots, especially Otis Tucker came in, hit this big reverse cross body, um, and then they did the delayed vertical suplex handoff where Tucker, uh, just Hands him off to Otis. Uh, Rude pulls down the rope, so Tucker falls to the floor and crashes, sent into the barricade and to the steps. 
Michael Cole notes that at one point in his career, Bobby Roode was one of the best tag team specialists in the world. What was he referencing? Uh, something. Must have been those Chad Gable house show matches with the Revival. Uh, Otis and Rude get tagged in. Otis does the spinning slam, double avalanche into the corner, hits the cat- caterpillar onto Ziggler, but allows Rude to do a schoolboy for a two count. The compactor gets stopped with a Ziggler super kick, and then Ziggler hits the zigzag to Otis on top of Tucker, and then the glorious DDT is hit on Tucker for the win at five minutes, 29 seconds. Uh, I like the ending to this. Yeah, I thought it was okay, but I, I, I was really let down by, by the result here. Uh, you know? th- this this whole thing, th- as a whole, this turmoil thing was awful. I thought it was really shitty. I mean, I th- I think if Ziggler and Rude were in better places, um, it would send a be- better message. But instead, what you're telling everybody is that a makeshift team of two jobbers is better than an entire tag team division consider- consisting of the Revival, consisting of the War Raiders and Gallows and Anderson, who are so stupid, they can't even keep themselves from being intentionally disqualified. Um, I it just to me like drags the entire division down below the level of a Bobby Roode. I would say just based on the makeup here, the division is already pretty low. I didn't really have an issue with the the makeshift team winning, but it was just um, I don't know. I just didn't like the layout of this. Like you didn't have the time for all these teams to be involved, and it just seemed way more of a headache to justify eliminations and how to make this all work. That I mean, by the end of it, you set up your tag team, so. I guess that was it, and man, just and, some and then bizarre we have, combinations. And the the end result that we're getting is Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, which to me doesn't even sound like it's a match worthy of being on a house show, much less a pay per view. They went over Ronda Rousey joining to- Total Divas, and then Sasha Banks versus Natalia. Uh, Natalia is dealing with her arm injury. Natalia hit this enormous. Release German suplex, and Michael Cole is calling it like it's the finish of WrestleMania. And this crowd did not give any care to this spot. They were dead at this point. After that, they were pretty out of it, uh, coming out of the Bailey Nikki Cross match, and it continued throughout most of the tag team turmoil match. But from here on out, this crowd was checked out for the rest of the show. Yeah, I noticed it certainly a lot more, even in myself in the third hour. Uh, for this one, perhaps considering Sasha's first match back in months, maybe maybe you would have expected a bigger reaction. Um, they uh, Natalia grabs Sasha by the hair, but her arm gets wrapped around the post, and then Natalia's thrown into the timekeeper's chair. She gets rammed into the ro- into the post with her arm. Natalia's fighting back. She goes for the sharpshooter. It's stopped. The bank statement is applied. And Natalia's good arm gets trapped with the leg by Sasha. And then she wraps the bad arm around Natalia's neck and forces her to tap at four minutes as uh, Zack Sabre Sasha gets the submission victory in four minutes. Again, not a lot of time here given to the women on this show. Uh, And like many of the matches on Raw, like this too felt like a sprint that was, you know, again, felt a bit rushed. But it's still, I thought it was good. I thought Sasha, for her for her first match in a long time, she likely had something to prove here. And I really liked the finish. I liked the variation on the bank statement. Uh, the the booking I have no, I think is great. You know, have Sasha beat Becky's last opponent on route to facing Becky herself. I I, I really like Natalia in these. You know, this this wasn't the greatest match in the world, but I I thought it worked for the limited time they had, and just Natalia kind of 
having kind of more of a, a grittier feel in the submission match with Becky and then applying that here as well. So, and, and I, and, and I like the variation on the gimmicks though, statement. doesn't it? She tapped out twice to like, and she's supposed to be the submission expert. Not anymore. Sasha is. Yeah. That kind of sucks for Natalia. Cause you know, I think if, if she has anything to make her feel unique in the, in the division, it's like a wrestling style that where she can be, be sort of like, you know, the Zack Sabre Jr. of the, of the division, but clearly that's, it's not where they want to go. Unfortunately, she is the the setup for the bigger program, which is Becky and Sasha. Because mm-hmm. th- you could argue that you could have extended this program enough that they could have at least got a pay-per-view out of these two. But it looks like Sasha and Becky is the pay-per-view direction, not I, this. Yeah, I didn't really have a problem. I, I don't know how much how, how many legs this has. I feel like, though, maybe you could have I, had... I would argue if this was only... T- if this was the peak of this... You really didn't have to go the Jim Neidhart. Like, why did you have to go to such a length for this? Yeah, I guess that that was also more cheap. for Sasha than it was for this program. I don't think but. you need to go that that length. Period. No, um, I don't either. But I'm off. saying if 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 they're trying to justify it, I mean, it just seems like yeah. you're not even getting a pay per view out of this program, and you're going to such a tasteless level. Well, maybe she'll beat her again. But you I can always hold out hope. But I feel like you know, like maybe. A roll-up would, would have been just as good, and you would have kind of protected Natalia's reputation. I think you're getting Sasha heated up for Becky, and it's going to be the two submissions that you're really pushing. So, that, you know, Another submission match? Not a submission match, but just like that. These are the two big weapons, and this was like a variation on the bank statement. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say I hated um, that, that, that way the match ended. Um, and then she reapplies the hold on Natalia afterwards and just leaves her her laying. And I guess if you're giving Natalia some kind of out, it, she was coming into the match injured. So you did have that story, too. Sure. Kayla is interviewing AJ Styles. People think that he can't beat Braun without Gallows and Anderson, who will be barred from ringside. He's going to give Braun what he deserves tonight. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Promo of the year. Michael Cole promoted NXT UK TakeOver. I rewound this three times. I don't know who Tony Storm is facing. It's Kaylee Ray, but whatever came out of Michael Cole's mouth, I don't know what it was. And I think he had trouble with Tyler Bate as well, uh, if you go and listen to this. It sounded like Tyler Brate, but maybe I just uh, did not hear it correctly. I'll give him a pass on that one. He but called that whatever, tournament. Kay- he got Kaylee out, and I don't know what... Ray is not the toughest, like, if you're just reading words off a page, that should not be too tough of one. But I don't know what he identified her as. I really feel like, you know, I mean, I, I think their their integration of, like, even promoting a takeover is usually not really that great. You know, like, they don't really they do They didn't do anything, anything on this show. It was but, one read. But UK takeovers, uh, forget <laughs> it. Like, that's that might as well, you know, not exist at all. Um, no, no mentioning, no mention of like these feuds or who these characters are. Honestly, no incentive to watch this show unless you, you happen to really like live wrestling or you already have a familiarity with the NXT UK and these participants. I, I think already, I mean, September 18th is not that far away. I've been disappointed with how they've pushed this NXT announcement. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you should be having like every week on TV, just a quick thing about, hey, these are the stars of Wednesday nights and they're coming to USA and getting everyone up to speed and making this launch feel like it's a big, big deal instead of just, 
look at all these headlines. They're coming to USA. I mean, that to me is not making appointment viewing for September 18th and waiting till the week of to make the hard push. I would be doing all that stuff now and making this feel as big as you possibly can. I agree. You know, I think they've done a good job with the street profits, giving them that airtime as, you know, what you would assume to be. You would assume that they, do you think they're moving up still? Or do you think they stay in NXT? I think they're going to stay in this kind of tweener role where they go. I mean, the tag titles are off them now. Sorry. Um, right. I, I just, I, I can't see them making any big changes to NXT. I think it's all hands on deck and they'll probably be, be there for the foreseeable future and just doing both. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like there are a lot of personalities in NXT that could certainly use that airtime on Raw or SmackDown uh, just to get integrated with the audience. Not I'm all doing, of them. Not all of them some, are some gonna... promos. Like, have, you know... Yeah, Shayna Baszler. Use, use your bigger audience to just... Just some promos yeah. with these people. For Who sure. are they? Why should you care? Like, your biggest straws, you know, put Velveteen Dream up there in a talking segment. Um, you know, uh, Adam Cole, Undisputed Era. I think any of these guys, they need that airtime to really... Uh, you know, get get the audience uh, on their side. Yep. Cedric Alexander versus Cesaro. Uh, I really got into this match. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Alexander went for a dive early on and got stopped with an uppercut from the floor. And throughout the match, Alexander is selling his ribs as well as his leg, which Cesaro transitions to during the break when he smashes the leg into the LED board. Alexander gets some hope spots with a Michinoku driver. He's not able to do a springboard because of the damaged leg. Uh, and then Cesaro goes to a half crab, deadlift superplex, and then Alexander just catches him with a standing Spanish fly for a breather. Cesaro goes back to the half crab. Alexander climbs up onto his shoulders into a victory roll for a two count, and then he goes for a handspring on one leg. He tries this handspring, and he gets caught, counters out of the ankle lock, and Cesaro gets sent to the floor, runs back into the ring, and gets hit with the lumbar check, and Alexander wins. I thought this was the best match on the show. Um, perhaps. Um, I, I, I kind of have to go back and, and think. But for me, I was feeling the third hour by this point, and I, I noticed the crowd was crowd was dead here. Yeah, I like I that. don't know if they were really as behind Cedric as 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 much as this this match might have de- been designed uh, for. But it was good work by both men, as you would expect from these two. I thought they overcame a, a pretty bad environment in this arena, and I just I really enjoyed both of these guys in this one. And 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 they built up an out for uh, Cedric to potentially lose to Baron Corbin next week. Yeah, they explained he's now got the bad leg going against Baron Corbin next week, which you would figure Baron's winning next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed highlights uh, from the Fox Sports event on l- last Friday, their Founders Day event which featured the 24-7 championship being uh, sw- switching hands. We had Elias performing at the event, and Drake Maverick confronted him. Truth then rolled up Elias to win the title. Ma- uh, Maverick got sent into the dunk tank, and then FS1 uh, broadcaster Rob Stone pinned R-Truth to win the title, and then it ended with Elias pinning Rob Stone. Yeah, to win it back. So, um, we're we're certainly you know continuing to see like elements of just like craziness. Same like you know like we saw with the DDT title. Um, I think in the end, honestly, like w- the appeal of this title is like going on the Wikipedia 
so, several years later and seeing all the all the list of names that are attached to it, including this one, Rob Stone, whoever that guy is from FS1. So it's it's amusing, you know, uh, and, and I think they make for entertaining two minute, three minute recaps. They get a bit of attention online. I will say I feel like they've certainly got a lot more mileage out of this 24-7 thing than any of us expected. Is uh is Rob Stone pinning a established wrestler going to be our uh, our Twitter controversy of the week of killing the business? Um, does this have the legs to be a, a full blown controversy? Do the right I people don't, have to weigh in? I don't think me? anybody takes the twenty four seven title that seriously. I don't even know if Jim Cornette himself would would complain about this. I'm sure he. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Her question was, hey, how by did... the way, what happened to Maria Kanellis and Mike Kanellis? Um, she's pregnant. Like, well, last we last we saw them, she lost the title because uh, Mike she pinned was, her. She was at the OBGYN appointment and lost to, uh, Mike. to her husband. And then Mike lost, and that was it. That was the last we saw of him, right? <laughs> you and I thought it was going to be like this big elaborate idea of Maria having this title and it feels like it was like a one week idea and that was it that was that but beyond that like the whole thing they've been doing with Mike and Maria like this whole cuck thing like has they've been, killed it yeah it's like it's no follow up at all no TV time for something that seemed to be I wouldn't say was catching on in a huge degree but I think it was a getting lot of time on it it was getting attention I don't know if I would have been so quick to just drop it uh, like they have deserved a conclusion at least and it was that that it it. you beat her for the title it's uh they are o-b-g-o-n-e from television now why sarah schreiber interviews uh rude and ziggler how did this team happen ziggler goes on this long speech about how he doesn't trust anyone and i guess we're to believe he trusts one person they are the real main eventers, and therefore, their tag title match will take place after Rollins and Braun have their universal title match, which I will bet significantly will not be the match order at Clash of Champions. Okay, uh, what's what's the SmackDown main event? Brian? Oh, wait. Prob- Reigns probably and Reigns and Brian, you would yeah. think. Could that main event? It could, but to me, the story is... Rollins and Braun uh, first working together and then having to have the match together. I think doing the match together and then defending the tag titles feels a bit anticlimactic. Or could you do a thing where, let's say, Braun loses and then he just comes out, beats Seth up so that Seth has to face the two of them alone? Something like that. They always do something like that. Anyway, either way, we'll find out. Rude says it's destiny that they came together. And they are the best-looking team in WWE, which gives credence to your suggestion about dueling mustaches. And the they are going to win. Mountain. <laughs> mustache Mountain, yes. Uh, and they will win the tag titles. Whatever, sure. You know, I, I think this is a more natural pairing than, say, Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable. I don't understand why that ever happened, but... The, in ring, I think they could be totally solid if if given the chance. It's just like... Man, how many more resets for Dolph Ziggler can we get? For Bobby Roode, even. Well, it's... I don't mind this team. It's... The tag division needs some... 
I'd rather a team than this than another comedy joke team like the B team. You're also expecting that this team might last more than a month. And I could see, I could see them winning the tag titles because you've got to get those off Rollins and Braun. That that's a short term sure. story. Okay, uh, and it could be these two that they get them on. Yeah, but even so, I just I don't know. I, until they have matching trunks, I'm not really going to get my hopes up. Okay. The Street Profits confirm that Raw is lit, and Dawkins is all set to go to the after party on Bourbon Street, and. Montez Ford reminds Dawkins that the main event is coming up and he asks who he's predicting and they turn around and there is Braun like literally frozen and then starts to walk like he just got his cue and walks past them. This was the most choreographed and fake blocking I have ever seen backstage. I mean, there's a lot of that. Um, Otherwise, it would be, I don't know, difficult to light. Difficult to frame perfectly. Yep. Um, we're already here. We got the best of the Firefly Funhouse. Mm-hmm. All the highlights. Nothing new. AJ and Braun, United States title. Uh, Strowman gets sent to the floor early and then uh, sends AJ to the floor and hits a pair of running shoulder tackles. And then AJ tries a springboard into a chokeslam. They go through the break. Styles gets a sleeper applied. He grounds Braun, goes for a cabrata, and nearly slips on the ropes, but hesitates, and then hits it. There's a forearm to the back of the neck, applies the calf crusher. Braun is able to get out of that. And then Styles nails Braun, who runs into the referee, who flies off the apron to the floor and appeared to be dead. So Styles then gouges his eyes, hits him with a low blow, and then gets a chair and starts attacking Braun, but gets caught with a power slam. But the referee is down as the pinfall can't be counted. Gallows and Anderson, who are barred from ringside, run in to attack Braun, Michael Cole explains that Seth Rollins is not here. And Braun fights them off with a chair. The referee wakes up and he sees the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Eddie spot. He sees it. And then he what has was a... That? Was that a sneeze or something? Uh, I was trying to hesitate and not do the sneeze. So it was a half sneeze. Okay. I thought you just grabbed a chair or something. Um. I, I either I either sneezed or I just saw another bat, one or the other. Uh, so the referee sees the chair, but more importantly, he yells at Braun, I heard that. He heard it. He's Sammy Guevara now. He didn't see it, but he heard it. And he calls for the bell at 10.57. AJ Styles is laughing away. Braun beats the shit out of everyone with the chair, lays out the OC, and he tosses the United States title onto AJ He's got bigger fish to fry, and that's how the show ends. I thought the match was well done. I thought the ref bump was well done, and I thought the finish was well done. You know, it was a very sports entertainment type of finish, but I think uh, it was a well-done sports entertainment finish. Crowd was really hot for it all. Um, I guess my question is, you know, this was really a segment that didn't seem to advance any sort of storyline at all. Like, AJ continues with his program. Braun... I guess he can say why. Well, he knows that Rollins isn't there. So does this further his program? Like, I don't really think so. You know, it's a great point that had they been able to pull off and convince you that part, that segment was live instead of labeling it last week. Um, but that makes Rollins look stupid, doesn't it? Well, like, no, you could play it up that why didn't Seth come to help Ron? 
Because it makes you're right, but but it makes Rollins look bad, like he's a bad guy, you know, not wow. a babyface hero. Um, I think I also feel like you know maybe I know that they want to push Rude and and uh, Ziggler, but I feel like this would a uh, the finish of this might have made a bit more sense if it was Gallows and Anderson challenging Rollins and Braun for the belts. Um, that way, right. you know, the triple team on Braun at least you know would put some heat towards that tag team program. But as it exists, this to me just kind of felt like time, Phil. Yeah, and AJ doesn't have a clear direction uh, coming out of this either. Right. So who knows what he's doing. But yeah, they had to work around. I mean, you had the limitations without having Seth there this week, which I don't think is the worst thing. I think, mm-hmm. you know, get a, having a guy off every now and then isn't the worst thing in the world. And you can just... Uh, it's I not guess, overexposing. I guess the fact that it was both Seth and Becky, you know, like arguably they're their two biggest stars or two of their biggest stars. I think Roman too, you know, his absence was was mm-hmm. missed. Even Kofi, um I felt like this was a show that was kind of hurt by the lack of star power and I thought the third hour as usual might have dragged a little bit for me, but I thought overall the wrestling was was pretty strong on this show. I thought the pacing of this show was was you know, despite the Dead crowd, I would say, for the second half. I thought the show did move quicker. I thought the tag turmoil was was not great in execution, though I don't mind Ziggler and Rude together at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed Cedric and Cesaro. Ricochet and Drew had a very good match. Uh, I mean, to be overly negative on that. Um, and the rest was kind of, it was it was kind of make, making the most of, of what you've got. That's sort of where we are. And yeah, when you bring up, a lot of the names that weren't on this show, uh, even down to, you know, not having a Samoa Joe on this show, for instance. You right. know what I mean? Like, those are noticeable gaps uh, mm-hmm. on the show. Also, no uh, no Alexa Bliss on this show. Like, she wasn't even in Nikki's Corner. Yeah. Was there a SmackDown house show today or something? Uh, they haven't been doing any SmackDown house shows, so no. So why the why all the absences, I wonder? I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. We'll find out. All right, well, let's head on over and see what everyone had to say about tonight's show. Forum.postwrestling.com is where you can go to always leave feedback after Raw and SmackDown. Tonight's show got a 5 out of 10. We we created compared to previous two weeks, actually. Paul from New Jersey writes, The show kicked off with Sasha Ziggler claiming, with Sasha Ziggler claiming it should have been her while bearing the women's tag straps. Those poor, poor belts. Poor McIntyre. Michael Cole did say he has trouble with small guys, so I guess we should have seen this coming. Weird angle. Cole also refers to NXT as the little engine that could. The commentary has been better, but I found all three of them to be very jarring tonight. The Strowman-Rollins Clash of Champions booking is pretty intriguing. Still, this was a very hard show for me to get through. His question, with your extremely light wrestling schedule, will you gentlemen have time to review Total Divas or better better yet, the Seth Becky ride-along? Yeah, Seth and Becky were doing the ride-along show tonight. I will not be watching that. Uh, and I don't think I'll be getting around to Total Divas because Wednesday nights are going to be nuts. I'm going to be doing AEW and then probably watching NXT later that night. So I will not be watching Total Divas on top of that. I'll check it out out of, out of curiosity. Um, I, and I'll probably watch it actually as a leisure activity um, on the weekend. So I don't know if it'll be something I'll, I'll you know, I don't think I can watch it directly on Wednesday evening. So I'll probably have to watch it through other means uh, at some other point. Maybe if anything notable comes up, you'll hear about it on one of our other shows. We're going to Adam from Australia who says, not good at all. 
In all honesty, AEW just can't get here quick enough. I am excited for the weekend to have a different style than WWE. Raw just dragged. The only highlight was Sasha referencing the Ryan Satin meme, but otherwise it was just a run-of-the-mill show that kind of felt like filler since none of the top stars were there. You'd think WWE would be trying their hardest with AEW on the weekend and their show a month away, but it seems like they just don't know what to do at this point. Alexander from Portland. I was not able to watch all of Raw tonight due to a fire in my neighborhood. I hope everyone's okay, Alexander. However, I've got to say, as someone that obviously missed something, it was so surprising to see Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode get a tag title match for the pay-per-view. The highlights of the 24-7 championship were meh at best. I don't care to see some TV personality I don't know hold it, but you know who I would love to see hold the 24-7 title? Bray Wyatt. Sure, the title is absolutely beneath him, but imagine all the goons running backstage shouting, where is the funhouse? No. I don't like this idea. Do not do that. He needs to, if there's somebody who should be staying far, far, far away from that entire division and that whole concept, it's, it's the guy that you're trying to portray as, you know, the next Undertaker. Adds a question here. With NXT wanting to make as big of an impact as possible against AEW, do you think we'll see Matt Riddle versus Bill Goldberg on TV in the coming months? No, I don't don't think think so. so. I mean, in the future, maybe at some point, I just don't see it in the coming months on TV. We should add that uh, WWE has announced on-sale dates for Full Sail University uh, over the next month. Through that, December. Yeah, for dates on Wednesday nights through the end of the year, which, I mean, as we saw with these tapings on uh, that were supposed to go down September 11th and 12th, you can always change things. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they seem pretty set now that they're going to be at full sale at least for the remainder of this year. Kind of surprising to me that they wouldn't immediately have plans to tour the brand, but maybe there's still so much that they want to test out. I'm assuming, you know, um, I'm sure there are a lot of logistics involved, but I'm, I also wonder how much of it has to do with, like, making sure that you're, you're, you're going to make a profit by traveling to all these places. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I wonder. I like. I also wondered the effect that it'll be on uh, of what it lo- it'll look like on TV when you flip between two channels and one show comes from full sale and the other comes from the you know a ten thousand seater that's sold out. We're we're gonna see. I, I think it's somewhat overblown, like the atmosphere. I think that it's if it's a if it's a hot show and I mean it, it ultimately comes down to that crowd being enthusiastic and you're asking a lot of them on a weekly basis because you're not going to be getting new eyes, new bodies inside full sale. And if it becomes the impact zone, yeah, that's going to have a negative vibe to it. But I think that it's, I don't think it's, it's uh, the absolute killer that that's going to be the reason one show succeeds and one doesn't, but it's a factor. It's definitely a factor. We got a, uh, my turn. Uh, yeah. Yes. We got a Jay from Colorado who says more or less pretty, a, a pretty standard edition of raw. I was pretty sure Corbin was moving forward and not surprised to have a DQ and Raw. Everything pretty much was meh. I gotta admit, I was slightly intrigued by the Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman tag title and Universal title matches going into Clash of Champions. I could have totally seen either one of them letting their partner get beat to hell during the tag team match to wear them down for the Universal title match. I could have seen that, but now our number one contenders are up and coming rookies, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. That took all of the excitement out of the tag team titles match at Class of Champions for me. Awful decision. On a side note, I received my post-wrestling care package today, complete with a handwritten note from Way himself. I can legitimately say this is the first handwritten letter 
handwritten letter I've received since 99. Made my day. Well, glad you got it. Glad it arrived safe, Jay. Way is a great letter writer. Um, I'd never really handwrite anymore. So, yeah, I try to. It's kind of weird, do isn't it? it? It's very strange. Yeah. Last one is Jalen from Pickering. I think I hated this Raw. Corey doubling down on the annoyance to make up for being gone a week hurt the flow of the entire show, and the lack of crowd reaction just made the commentary stand out more. These tag divisions are criminally terrible. Criminally. Women's tag team champion losing to the SmackDown champion who's on Raw for no real reason is bad enough, but a tag gauntlet being won by a makeshift team against a bunch of former unremarkable champions to challenge another makeshift team for the titles is astounding. Almost every title scene feels out of whack right now. Ironic considering what pay-per-view they're building towards. It is pretty damning when you put it out that uh, put it that way. Yeah. I, I think I underestimated the uh, vitriol towards Ziggler and Bobby Roode together. I mean, the pairing really didn't bother me, but it seemed to be uh, a sore spot for many. Uh, I, to me, it's the idea that it's like two, seriously, jobbers who have lost everybody. You're talking about Dolph Ziggler who's been ta- you know complaining about taking four straight uh, – uh, Spears from Jack Hammers from Goldberg. He's lost to everybody. He's bought on the barrel. And you have Robert. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He went. He went fifty fifty with Roman Reigns last week. And this was my point. I brought up that 50, he was. 50. No, he was. He went and had a super competitive match with Roman Reigns. Yeah, but he still lost. So I don't think that that means anything. And you're talking about Robert Roode, who hasn't been on TV in months, and d- d- didn't even like had a mustache and couldn't even keep the mustache. And those guys are beating your teams like your revival. And you are literally the only person that has brought up the mustache. I don't think anyone has remembered that he had that mustache until you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, I barely remember it myself. But that point being, nobody is thinking about these two, and nobody is taking them seriously as contenders. But you know, you have teams like the revival, teams like Heavy Machinery, teams like you know, uh, what is it, Gallows and Anderson? That I think much people would much rather see. And 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 Jalen bringing up the fact that even Strowman and Rollins are a makeshift team really suggests that man, like, I feel bad for this tag team division because they're just like the the thing that they should be working their lives to challenge for is just an accessory to take up uh you know a, a main eventer's time or not even a main eventer's time in the case of Rude and Ziggler. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for your feedback tonight. Uh, Raw gets a, a 50% from our forum, our our very uh, tough, tough forum. But we will see how SmackDown does on Tuesday night. Uh, once again, you can go to postwrestling.com, look at the schedule for all of our great shows that are coming up, and you can go back, check out the uh, the Jamesy show with Alan Farrell, uh, Jason Solomon joining Davey Portman on Sunday for the Evolve 134 post show, and... Maybe maybe Davey can do a special follow-up on Up Next this week and explain how he was able to order Evolve 134. I have had my trouble in the yeah. past with ordering those shows, so I, I can sympathize. Yeah, I mean, I was I was honest, I was there for, for the whole ordeal, and it was like... he It was just like a case where like he wasn't even able to get WWN.com to accept the payment. Like, the card just wouldn't take. And once we got there, um, just to to try to navigate it, and then discovering that, anyway, I, I'll let him tell the story. If he it, it, it's a big deal because that's the first show since the WWE yeah. Network show, and would yeah. have been if you are going to get a slew of new cu- customers, that would be the show. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, obviously, it's a lot to ask for like WWN to completely overhaul their system, uh, you know, in the span of a month simply because of this WWE Network, uh, you know, pr- uh, promotion. But I think it just shows you how like behind the time some of these like wrestling websites are. Like, I I find New Japan World easier to navigate personally. Than well, hey, WWE Evolve WWE. gets Evolve gets the nod over New Japan this weekend in terms of accessibility. Sure, okay, I'll give it that. But, you know, like, I personally can't wait for all these things to end up on the WWE Network because, at the very least, I think it's somewhat dependable. Um, and you can count on things that you can count on, like, only paying, like, it, it works for, for the most part, okay? I'm not going to say it's perfect, but I think it, of all the services, it's one of the better ones. Well, you know what I had no problem with over the weekend? The, the High Spots Wrestling Network to watch the uh, WrestleCon Super Show from earlier this week. That was yes. that was very easy. Once once Wei, once Wei figured out the uh, that he was supposed to be logging into highspotswrestlingnetwork.com and not highspots.com. Is that not confusing, John? I I, I understand the the confusion when somebody yes. says this is available on highspots, and in fact, there's there being a login area on highspots.com, like you know, there's a my account in highspots.com, and so I spent forever trying to type in the username that John gave me and, and the password and. It not working. So there's a highspots.com, and then instead, though, you're supposed to go to the bot. Why am I even talking about this on air? Some people can appreciate this, but you can you have to go to the left side and click the second button that's there that says in very small letters "High Spots Wrestling Network." Then you can access this uh, uh, WrestleCon Super Show. Well, if uh, it was, it was not. It was not too difficult once you get the right URL. The easiest of all of them is postwrestlingcafe.com where you can go sign up, get all of our bonus shows, get up to date on everything. You can go into our library. It's an easy login. Is that not right? Uh, yeah, postwrestling.com. There's no login. Well, I said uh, postwrestlingcafe.com. Oh, that one, that, yes. That's required. Oh, it's a very, login. very easy login. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone... Uh, It is time to say goodbye, but we will be back Tuesday night after SmackDown.